To the I Have Spoken podcast. This is your co host Wes and your other co host Zach uh, Fisto. Oh, so we're here to talk <laughs> about uh, our thoughts on Mandalorian season two. Um, the reason we we were planning on doing like a individual episode for each or in, uh, yeah, individual podcast episode for each Mando episode, but uh, we were late to the podcast game. So we're doing an entire season review, and we're going to give our thoughts on the entire season as a whole. Um, Which, by the way, um, uh, the podcast episodes release pretty late, uh, so we're actually recording this uh, episode right after watching the finale. Yeah, well, no, but only the first one's going to take a couple days. This is only going to take a couple ah, hours. okay. So, so this, one, this one will come out on Friday, Okay, but Friday night. So, yeah. You and know this more is about podcasts right. than I do. Huh? You know more about podcasts than I do. So. I know about 1% about podcasts, which means you know about zero. <laughs> about zero. Man. <laughs> Got me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, it's still pretty fresh. We've seen it twice. Um, yeah. It's pretty wild. I, you know, like, if, if there's one thing that is, that is just, that's been the most consistent out of this season, you know, if it's not the, the length of the episodes... Dear God, it's the, uh, <laughs> it's the, it's, it's the promise that each episode is going to have something special in it. Like every episode either had a, a surprise cameo appearance or it had a surprise name drop. You know, if it, if it was, if it wasn't the, the Boba Fett armor in the first episode, it was Ahsoka name dropping Thrawn in what was it? Episode four five, five. Uh, and so it was like every, every single episode we we were, we were gonna be surprised in some, in some shape or form, and uh, I can I can tell you this: as great as the first season was, this season had me so much more dedicated and hooked. Mm-hmm. Like I I had not been this so excited for Star Wars since since the Force Awakens when we heard the Force Awakens was was coming out. I had not been this excited so anticipated for the nothing nothing stores had been this had this much anticipation in my heart so this mm-hmm. was this was big this was a big season yeah uh this will be uh spoilers we forgot to mention that at yeah, the yeah, yeah. This, this spoiler banner be a spoiler episode if you have not seen it yet then go away and watch it yeah watch it and <laughs> then finish come each back. other's sandwiches that's what i was gonna say all right we're not disney simps but i <laughs> no. like that line from frozen so yeah, it's good it's good screw you <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Luke Skywalker's in it, guys. Yeah, <laughs> we're I just mean, drop that bomb on you right here and now. Luke so. Skywalker's in the freaking episode, yeah. and uh, and boy is he nuts, man. I mean, we we saw some some borderline prequel level like lightsaber swinging action in this, and and uh, it was it was it was crazy to see. Like this is Luke at peak potential. Mm-hmm. This is who Luke Skywalker should have been in the sequel trilogy it is everything that every old ot purist fan would have wanted to have seen and you and you got it in the finale of man of of mando it is it it was beautiful it was beautiful we were both crying yeah uh when when luke came like wasn't initially like initially like we knew it was we didn't know we didn't know the theories were were there the theories were definitely there we were hoping it was luke i was kind of hoping for a little bit of cal but i'm glad it wasn't I had settled on on Ezra before watching the episode. Like I, I'd, I'd been thinking about it the entire week, and before watching the episode, I was like, "Okay, I'm calling it. We're gonna see Ezra." Hey, Ezra, I'm gonna take my hoodie off. I'm getting hot. Uh, he's yeah. He's got his his Mandalorian, this turquoise Mandalorian hoodie. It's it's beautiful. It's it's something. But you know, up until this episode started, I'd say, ah, "Okay, we're gonna nipples. we're gonna." Just okay. Kidding, I have a shirt on. <laughs> 
Uh, it's kind of, actually, you know, it's kind of a uh, what's what's the name of the the big titted creature that Luke suckles from in the Last Jedi? Oh, I don't remember. Anyway, the color of the quick. the color of the milk is is pretty like, close. Personally, to the I like big titty creature more than the actual name. Yeah. <laughs> no, but all the theories I I had settled on on Ezra, and I was very surprised. I was I wasn't just surprised, but I was just shocked at seeing Luke. Arriving in his X-wing fighter, and just cutting down uh, dark troopers like they were nothing. I mean, it, it. My jaw was dropped. I was screaming. I stood up from the sofa. I was. Oh my gosh! I felt like a little child again. It's called a Thala Siren. Is the titty creature? I just googled it. So, so this hoodie that Wesley is wearing has like a very Thala Siren milk color to yes, it. Yes, actually, it is. It is very green milk. Um, if you look carefully, you can actually see where I actually spilled some milk on the hoodie, so it's mm. fitting. Uh, yeah, it's got it's got Grogu and Mando on the back. It says, what does it say on the back? I forgot now. It says Mandalorian bounty hunter seek and destroy. It says Mandalorian bounty hunter seek and destroy. If you I, could not hear that, I live by that. Mm. I destroy everything. I seek and see and destroy. And seek. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm still kind of high off the episode. Uh, it was it was just so good. It was all right, so good. all right. So so favorite episode of the season? Uh, this is definitely my favorite episode of the season. Before, it was the Ahsoka episode because, you know, I'm a fangirl for Ahsoka hardcore. But the... Um, this episode was just... It was just perfect. It was flawless. Like, and so was the Ahsoka episode. But I think, I think just... We all knew we were going to see Ahsoka. We all knew it. Like, we knew it was that episode. We knew it was coming. We were all excited, but we all knew it. So there was, there was a lot less surprise involved with that. And honestly, when the episode was kind, of, was kind of going, I was getting ready to not see a Jedi this episode. I was yeah. getting ready to see that Jedi in, in Season 3, maybe, and you know, finally find out who that is, give us a year of speculation, and then, you know... Season three, episode one, you, you find out who the Jedi is. That's what I was thinking about halfway through this episode. And then we see that X-wing fly in, and all those thoughts go out the window, and it was just crazy. I mean, I mean, we knew who it was. It's was, it was Luke freaking Skywalker. That's who it was. Luke freaking Skywalker. It's just, it was insane. It was insane. That I mean, getting to see R two again, you know, just rolling out from that corner. That like I was on, I was tearing up seeing Luke. You know, after he took the hood off, I was like, the the face looked incredible. And then um, I was like, "Wow, I can't believe this is actually happening! Like, this is this is this is this is Luke, you know? This is Luke. This is not sequel mm. garbage. This is Luke." And R two did it for me. Like, as soon as I saw R two turn the corner, like I I just started tears started rolling out of my eyes, and I couldn't believe it. It was insane. It was it was beautiful. This is this is the best Star Wars that we ever had since uh, two thousand five when Revenge of the Sith came out. I agree. Yeah, and and I actually want to take a moment to talk about Luke's Luke's face in uh, in this episode. So so uh, what we saw specifically was it was we saw Luke in his Return of the Jedi outfit, uh, sporting the the green lightsaber, and he looked just just about the same as we last saw him in, in Return of the Jedi. Um, they didn't reveal who the who the body double with who, who the body double was uh, that was doing all the the fights and coordination, um, but uh, considering considering that this is a TV show, the 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 detail on Luke's face was pretty impressive. Well, this TV show has more more money in the budget than a lot of films do. Right. Also, but right. But considering everything that was in this show, like you, th- you think of all the the dark troopers, uh, you know how, just how big of a scale this season was. The fact that they were able to pull off a young, a, a de-aged Luke Skywalker was was really impressive. Um, but you know there were a few moments where, like when we when me and Wes first saw Luke, it was kind of jarring. Like like when he first takes the hood off, it was a little like. Oh wow! Well, I think it was because I was expecting Sebastian Stan. Like as soon as we saw Luke with the hood 
He's walking through. You know, I stood up and I'm at the TV trying yeah. to like look at that jaw completely and, and ignoring all the parental advice to not get your face so close to the scalp <laughs> that was out that was out the wall since yeah, when do yeah. parents give you anything you know <laughs> worth remembering yeah, yeah. <laughs> get out of here but uh i was trying to look at that jaw or like whatever whatever was able to to see from luke i was trying to figure out who it was and honestly i was expecting it to be sebastian stan um so i think that's why i was a little bit jarred if i if i knew that it wasn't going to be Sebastian Stan, I think I would have... I mean, it still looked fantastic, and I was amazed. I was blown away. I'm not saying I was disappointed by it. It was just... It was big. That's all it was. Mm -hmm. It was just big. It was just big. Big moment. Which, by the way, if you haven't seen that Twitter post, there's like a... Somebody somebody took Sebastian Stan's face and photoshopped it onto a young Mark Hamill from a, uh, a, a still image from A New Hope. And the similarities between Mark Hamill's face and Sebastian Stan's is is pretty crazy. Like, picturing it in your mind, it's two totally different things. When you have them next to each other, they look like the same person. Yeah. It's, it's insane. It's, it's really weird. So, so, and so after, after that image was revealed, Mark Hamill actually made a comment about it. And since then, like, people have been fan casting Sebastian Stan as a younger... Luke next to Alden Einreich as young Han and and um, and I'm all for it. If if Sebastian Stan ends up getting that role, I I would love to see that. And uh, we were both kind of expecting that for this finale when we saw Luke. You know, he's got his hood over his face. All we all we can really see is his bottom lip and his chin. You know, that mm-hmm. was about all we saw. But from what we could see, it looked like Sebastian Stan. It did. But then again, Sebastian Stan looks like Luke. So, you know, that that's good. That's always yeah. a good thing when, when Luke Skywalker looks like himself. So, <clears throat> I mean, if uh, what you were saying earlier was before we started recording, but um, if Luke is a more a more prominent character in season three of Mando, do you think that they will continue with the uh, uh, what's it called? I can't I'm blanking on what it's called now, though. So, yeah. De- like, de-aging, yeah. Do you think they'll continue with the de-aging, or do you think they'll bring Sebastian in? So, from a budgetary standpoint, first of all, the, the, I'm going to backtrack a bit. The, the, the Tarkin uh, from Rogue One, uh, the CGI and the, the de-aging, or not really de-aging, but, you know, essentially bringing Peter Cushing back from the dead and, and, and uh, having him in that movie takes a lot of time a lot of vfx workers and a lot of money uh and so from a budgetary standpoint it costs a heck of a lot more to de-age someone or to construct somebody uh with with cgi as opposed to hiring an actor so from that standpoint if you're gonna save money hire sebastian stan if you're gonna if you're gonna get a potentially more accurate looking Luke Skywalker as accurate as Sebastian is if you want the the real thing that you know, that's that's you know closest to Mark Hamill then you got to bring out some top dollar which which wouldn't surprise me because uh, I could easily see season three having a massive budget I mean season two already had a bigger budget than season one that was way bigger so I I mean and and I yeah there I could honestly see it going either way if the fact is, like Luke Skywalker, after this episode, he should have a more. Uh, he should be in season three a lot. Like I, I genuinely think that he should make at least, you know, a couple of episodes worth of appearances. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, now that now that he's that baby that Grogu is with is with Luke. You know, I I think we should see more of Luke. I think we should see Han and Leia. I think they should make an appearance because if there's one thing that they did super well in this season was make it so much more big, so, so much bigger than season one. The only way they're going to top that is if they continue to to make the following season bigger. So how do you do that? You you I would say bring back Alden Einreich as Han Solo. You bring back Donald Glover as Lando. You you uh, you hire uh, oh, Jake Gyllenhaal's sister. What's what's her name? Uh, uh, I have no idea. That at actress that everybody's fan casting as as a young Leia. I never heard anything about that. Oh my gosh. Um. Anyway, 
I think like you have to you've, you've we've got to get to the point where we have a younger uh, OT trio to carry to carry on. You know, like I I think a a Ben Solo uh, miniseries on Disney Plus needs to happen, um, and so eventually it's going to get to the point where it's like okay, we have to we have to recast these characters. And I think they can do it. Like, I have a lot of faith in, in the executives, especially right now. Um, they've been making a lot of great decisions, especially with all the new Star Wars announcements that came out, uh, what was it, last week? Mm-hmm, last and, Thursday. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I honestly, like, I if, if they want to completely recast the entire original trilogy characters, I say I'll, I'm all for it, and I want to see all of them in Season 3 of Mando. Yeah, I mean, I'd be down for that too. Uh, I don't know. It's just, I think you're a little bit more forward than I am. And it's not because I don't have faith. I liked old Naren Reich as Han Solo, and you know, I think I'd, I think I'd really enjoy seeing Sebastian as Luke. Um, but I just, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. It's just, it's just, I don't know. I don't, I don't really. Here's, here's what I will say. If Sebastian Stan showed up in this episode, I would have been all for it. I would have been too. I would have been completely in support. Oh, and actually to to completely shift what I was saying, um, I'll figure out who that other actress was. But Billy Lord will also be a good Oh yeah. A good Well she's already characters in the sequels though. Wow, who cares? Oh, that's that's not that's not canonically correct. Okay. Uh, here, I'll find her. I'll find her. Let's see. I know her brother is Jake Gyllenhaal. Can't just look up Jake Gyllenhaal's sister. I am. Better. I. You know what? Maggie Gyllenhaal. Let me see. Yeah, so listeners, Google this. Oh, yeah, okay, I know her. I ooh, why, why her for Leia? Uh, I think with the right makeup, she can pull it off. She didn't look like Carrie to me. Yeah, listeners, Google this so you can see what we're seeing. Um, I've seen her in something else before, but I just... Mm, nah, I don't... Uh, I, I see it. I, see I would, it. I, honestly, looking at Billy Lord and Maggie Gyllenhaal together, my my first choice is Billy Lord. Yeah. That would also be, like, a little bit more respectful towards Carrie as well, mm-hmm. with that being her daughter and all. Oh, uh, yeah, I see that. It looks like Carrie. Oh, I know her. She's in, uh, she's Rachel in the Dark Knight movies. That's where I know her from. Rachel. Rachel. Superman sucks. <laughs> He's uh. flying all over the place and he doesn't even do anything with his powers. Like, what the heck, bro? Also, uh, you need to go check out that, um, what's that YouTube channel called? Uh, College Humor. The College Humor Batman versus Superman thing. It's it's freaking hilarious. But you know what's funny is like I love how we kind of uh, uh, we, we kind of promote other people like mm-hmm. like just kind of by accident. Yeah. <laughs> we're hey we're the good guys we're the good guys. Yes. We're not being paid for for these for these compliments here. So Mm-mm. we should be though. Yeah, we should be. Jeez, you know how tiring it is just <laughs> handing out compliments yeah. all day long. Ugh, I hate Jeez. it. You look really nice today, Zach. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Jerk. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? All right. Else? So let's 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 talk predictions. Like I mean, we we briefly skimmed over some of it, but what what's what's predictions for for season three? Hmm. Um. Well, I do think we're gonna see a little bit of Luke's order. I do think we're going to see a five to six year old Ben Solo, uh, which would be awesome. I do think we're gonna see Ezra in the Mandalorian. I think that. Oof. Burping. Sorry. Sorry I had, we, chick- yeah, I had Chick-fil-A we, before we got here, so... More more, more unpaid Oof. promotion. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jerks. But <laughs> but uh, I do think we're going to see Ezra and Mando. I just... I have a hunch. I have a feeling that he might show up... What if he's at, what if he's at Luke's temple? Or Luke's, uh, Luke's order? See, I'm... I'm going to have to disagree with you there. After, after this episode, for me, like, if Ezra was ever going to appear... It was going to be this episode. And since he didn't, my theory is he won't show up. We won't see him till the Ahsoka show. Mm. 
I think I think Ahsoka is going to be all about her and Sabine finding Ezra. Yeah. And my theory still stands on Grogu's scene stone experience. I still think he reached out to Ezra. I think he unintentionally. How would, how would Luke know where to get to to save the gang this episode? That's another thing I want to know. Like, how did how did Luke know where everybody was? My thing, I think that. I think that when Grogu got on the Seeing Stone, he made himself a beacon. Hmm. He didn't make the Seeing Stone a beacon. I think he made himself a beacon, and from that point, or 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 from, um, not from that point, but he sent maybe his whereabouts to Luke through the Force, not like coordinates, but more like, hey, you know, this is my presence, come find me kind of thing. Mm. And then maybe Luke was, you know, just showed up right at the right moment to save everybody from the Dark Troopers. So that's that's my guess. I don't know. I was kind of thinking it was going to be Cal, though, because there's a lot of, there's kind of a lot of evidence that points towards it. I mean, you got, you got Cal wanting to rebuild the Order somehow. Uh, I mean, it's established in the game that he's not going to use younglings because he doesn't want to put their lives in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. But with the Empire gone... He might be more open to bringing that back in, you know, because his whole reasoning was because uh, the Empire will will track these kids down and, and they will not have a choice. You know, they will be hunted their entire lives. And with the Empire gone or sort of gone, they're not nearly as big as a threat as they were before. He might be more open to that and maybe finds another way other than the holocron that they found in the game to track down more younglings. And, and Grogu was... One of the ways. Also, when he's on the Seeing Stone, you see those kind of like that blue glowing letters. And if, if any of y'all have played uh, Fallen Order, you know that when you get to like a certain checkpoint where you can meditate and rest and heal up and uh, look at your skill tree and all that stuff, it, it looks very similar. Like the lettering is still the same. It's like ancient Jedi text or whatever it is. It's not Arabesh. The sacred text! <laughs> it's not Arabesh and it's not Mandalorian or, or anything that I've seen before. I, I don't even know how to translate it. But it, what I also... You also see that same on, on, lettering in the world between worlds. Oh, you do? Yeah. That wasn't what I was going to say, but... What were you right. going to say? I was going to say, why does... This is kind of sidetracking to more Jedi Fallen Order talk, but why does the second sister have that lettering on her lightsaber? Mm. I have a theory about the Fallen Order world that they kind of put together uh, and the language and all the architecture and everything. I think that... Those, those writings is the language of the Zepho. And I think that the Zepho were like the people who like almost established what, what the quote-unquote Jedi should be like. And with this new canon being introduced, I have a... This, is, this theory is a little a bit smaller, but my theory is that Yoda was trained by a Zepho. Interesting. Yeah. I kind of want to see. I want to learn more about Zepho. With there, like with with the entire Jedi Fallen Order game being about Cal exploring Zepho tombs and temples and all that stuff. Oh, what if we see a Zepho in the Acolyte Disney Plus show? That'd be cool. Yeah. I don't even. Uh, I think they're still alive. Correct me if I'm wrong, Zach. But I think I think that they're still alive by the end of Jedi Fallen Order. I think that they're just extremely rare and they're in hiding in the unknown regions. I think I remember hearing that. Zepho Sage, at the end, talk about it when he when he gets that vision about the mm-hmm. younglings dying. You remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched that scene recently, and I don't remember hearing anything about any being left. I could almost see them being like, if there's any left, it's probably just like one, somewhere somewhere deep in the in the unknown regions or something. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I would. It would be interesting if if that was a big storyline in Acolyte, where maybe they were a prominent race strong with a force and they're like being hunted or, and wiped out by whoever the Acolyte is maybe it's Darth Talon or something who knows theories yeah we got way sidetracked from yeah. Mando season yeah. 2 but. but but if if I don't know if you guys watched Den of Nerds but he's got a fantastic theory on what the future of Star Wars holds and so far things are really plugging more people other than us (laughs) there you go (laughs) what a jerk (laughs) for real (laughs) so the so the idea is that all of these Star Wars projects taking place are all pieces in this huge 
puzzle that is kind of a kind of a Game of Thrones type of uh, event where you know you have all these different stories, different characters from different time periods, but they're all kind of leading towards this big, massive uh, event where you know you have a <clears throat> you have a large threat that threatens the whole galaxy. And this was something that took place in Legends as well with the uh, uh, Yuuzhan Vong. Yeah. And, uh, and Boba Fett was actually a very pitiful character. I think he led like all of Mandalore in Legends. And now we're kind of seeing him going up the ranks uh, with that post credit scene. Um, Which looks insane. Oh, oh, that was such a great shot. Uh, <laughs> man, I'm a big Boba boy, but like... Big Boba boy. <laughs> Booga booga boo. You should change my uh, my all my usernames to Big Boba Boy sixty nine or something like that. That sounds cool. <laughs> Big Boba Boy sixty six. Oh, Anyways, um, the book of Boba Fett sounds insane, and mm. I cannot be more excited for that show. Like honestly, if if Book of Boba was was just six episodes. Uh, you know, 30 minutes of nothing but Boba sitting on a throne. Man, shut up and take my money. That just sounds yep. great. Yep. Yeah. Just, just beautiful. I, I, I just, I'm so excited for the future of Star Wars. I, I can't wait. But as I was saying, like, as far as the future of Star Wars goes, like, I feel like all, and, 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 and even when you read the description on the official website talking about the different properties that are coming soon, like, it, there's this underlying thing where it's like, okay, these shows are connecting with each other and and you know we have a lot of we have a lot of ot period uh stuff like stuff between you know either the ot or the ot and the sequels Mm -hmm. uh and then you have acolyte which takes place like what 200 200 years years before before the phantom menace yeah it just seems very random compared to the other projects we got coming our way which tells me that it's just as cohesive to the other shows. I don't know if it seems random. I mean, they are they're launching the High Republic stuff this next year in January. I think is when the first book comes out. And there's it, a big difference between books and comics and live action TV shows though. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it, it wouldn't connect, but I'm just saying that might be a way for them to, you know, bring High Republic fans that that are fans of the books and the comics that are going to come out to you know, Disney Plus. Which, by the way, if you haven't heard, Yoda is going to be a prominent character in those books and comics. Which and, means he could definitely be in the show. And he's going to be like, what, 700, 700 yeah. years old? Yeah. So he will, he could potentially be in Acolyte. Mm-hmm. I think he will. I think it's a missed opportunity if they don't. Yeah. I mean, like, why not? It's going to be, I mean, it is going to focus on the dark side of things, but, uh, I mean, it's Yoda. Like, you got to put mm-hmm. him in there somewhere. If you can, do it. Yeah. Do it. Anyways, back to Mando season two. Jeez, we keep getting sidetracked. I know. There's just know. there's so much Star Wars. There's what this so what much. this season did was open up endless possibilities. Yeah. Which is why we're talking about basically everything, mm-hmm. except for Mando. Mm-hmm. Poor Mando. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if a fourth season is confirmed for Mando. And honestly, I'm I would be okay if it ended at season three. Me too. If this was just kind of the starting point to all the other projects coming out, mm-hmm. like if that was the purpose of Mando, they nailed it. Like this this was just the kickoff point, and now this universe is about to get so much bigger. Mm-hmm. So if if we called it at season three, I'd say good job. You had an awesome trilogy, uh, and and there was. There is, if you end it at season three, you you take away the risk of going too far, and you know putting out too much and that and 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 running the risk of people getting tired of it. You know. Well, and also like, if the show, if this season was all about branching things out, you know, season and and all these other characters that we got to meet in live action for the first time this season, we're gonna see, Din kind of by himself again. Hmm. So. I mean, it's going to feel, it might feel like season one mm. next next season. And I feel like some people might be disappointed with that. And I think if it's done right, it could be kind of nice. Because this season, this season was really busy. Like, it was fantastic. But it was really busy. You know, and it might, it might feel good to just kind of detox a bit and just go back to the good old-fashioned Mandalorian bounty hunting. Yeah. That was so great yeah. about, about season one. And, and that would be a great first half of season three maybe yeah. there's a time jump let's see let's see 
depressed Din Djarin all by himself. Yeah. You know, he doesn't know what to do with himself anymore because... Goes back to that planet where What's-Her-Face is and see what happens there. Who? Uh, um, the episode where he's at the the farm and fighting off the, the walker. And oh, I don't remember her name, but episode four of season one with the, with the ATST Raider and the little village. Yeah. And now that he's... At this point, he's kind of thrown away the idea of keeping the helmet on. Right. You know, like at this point, he's he's taking the helmet off. Maybe able to see him, Bo-Katan. Like grab her and kiss her, Mando. Yeah. I mean, at this point, like he can he can have the life that he wants. Mm-hmm. You know, he can he can form those relationships. And now that he literally has, you know, no child, he's. I mean, sure, he could go back to bounty hunting, but you know, and maybe he tries doing that, but it's just not the same anymore. And so he goes back to. Uh, what, what was that planet? Mm, Arvala Seven, I think. Wow, that was that was some flexing right there. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. I'm gonna Google it just so to be he, certain. So but... you know, maybe he goes back to that planet and and you know, gets to gets to know the people more and who knows? Maybe he even gets you know, integrated into the culture and then like halfway through season three, uh, Luke shows up and. Grogu's in trouble, and he gets the armor back on. Who knows? Who knows? But I do like the idea of a slower season three. That does sound... It, yeah, the detoxing, that's a good point. No, I was wrong. Arvala 7 is the one that Quill lives on in episode one uh, of the first season. Sorgon is the episode, or the planet where uh, where the little village is at. Mm. The little blue shrimp? Yeah. So you were right, but also wrong. Yes. Happens a lot in life. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. Ah, oh, me too. What I think would be interesting is to just kind of like, just to see just to see a sad den, you know? Like, he, he goes back to, to bounty hunting, which is where it all began, but like, now that he's, he's involved with a son, you know, that he kind of had to surrender to Luke in this, which was really bittersweet for me, because like... I didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah, like it it felt wrong. A, a little bit. A little bit. Like it's right, but it's wrong. Mm-hmm. I hate it when that happens. Yeah, it's just in- <laughs> oh, I hate it when he does that. <laughs> it just it was the injustice of the situation. I was just like, "Ah, oh, It no. was it was bittersweet is what it was mm-hmm. because you know Grogu's in good hands, but hand. The other one's robotic. Yes, you're right. You're right. <laughs> and you know, so much for forming attachments. He's got a robotic attachment on his wrist. Like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, guys. I'm good. Pointing out some plot holes left and right. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, like, Mando's Mando's tearing up as he's watching Grogu go away. And it's just, it was heartbreaking. It really mm-hmm. was. Like, <clears throat> I, I, there was a couple articles going around, and people were getting kind of pissed about it. But, like, Din and Grogu are the only positive father-son relationship in Star Wars. A lot of people were saying, I disagree. I, I really disagree. But I do think that they are the most positive of the father-son relationships. I think that there are other positive ones, but Dan and Grogu are definitely the best father-son relationship, even though they're, like, completely different from each other because, man, can you imagine if Dan had ears like that? Oof. No way you could get that helmet on. No way. But, uh, yeah, it's just, they're, they're such a great duo already. Like, we, mm-hmm. we've known them for a year, and, and we love them. Like, we don't want to see them break up. They're like a, they're like a great band. Like a great, it's like your favorite restaurant closing down. Sure. Mm. Mm. It's like getting separated from your dad because there's another guy that's like a whole lot better than your dad, and he's can't got a relate. robotic hand. Can't relate. <laughs> I can relate to my favorite restaurant closing down. I can't relate to that. Oh, who? hashtag good home. Oh man. <laughs> home goods. <laughs> Marshalls. <laughs> So so now that I'm thinking about it, that there's there that was dumb. <laughs> we're sorry, guys. We're we're really sorry. This is just the second episode. Just bear with us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but now that I'm thinking about it, there's there's kind of two ways that season three can go. It can either be really, you know, kind of a kind of a break from the action-packed uh, experience that was season two, but Din still has the dark saber. Mm-hmm. Bo-Katan uh, He's the ruler of Mandalore right now Bo-Katan wants to, wants to take over Mandalore And Din Djarin's in her way and I think 
I really think that Bo-Katan is the kind of character to do what she thinks is right, no matter what the cost is. I could see her and Den getting in a scuffle next season. Yeah, yeah, like, and 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 that's another thing. We've we've heard all this talk about Mandalore just being obliterated the last mm-hmm. two seasons. We haven't seen it yet. Not yet. So if we're gonna see Mandalore, it's season three. Yeah. And that's one of the ways that this show could get bigger. You dive into Mandalore. Yeah. See what that looks like. You know, you get. I honestly think that I. I mean, I love Din Djarin, but I think that Bo-Katan should be the ruler of Mandalore. Mm-hmm. I, that's just my personal opinion. She has she her affiliations with her sister Satine. Like she has she has experience not just in warfare but also the politics. Even I mean you know a She's little a little less out of it. Yeah. right. But you do see this desire to be as much of a political leader as she is a fighter. You see a lot of that in the Clone Wars finale. Uh, where she's talking to Ahsoka, and she's like, uh, Ahsoka is basically just commending her for her uh, help and taking back Mandalore, and Bo-Katan has this moment where she's like, yeah, but I wish I could have been more like my sister. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly what she says, but it's something to that effect. Uh, Ahsoka says something like, uh, it, this is not what she says, but she's like, you're good at fighting or whatever, and she says, I wish... Uh, now I can't think of it. Either way, there's this reluctant reluctance she has to being just a warrior, right? Which I think is 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 uh, it shows for who a good leader is, and I think because Bo-Katan has that reputation, like even if she didn't have the have the dark saber, there's enough Mandalorians out there who are aware of who she is, what she's done. They probably just follow her regardless. You know, Din, I don't think Din Djarin has that reputation. I feel like she's incredibly polarizing when it comes to the Mandalorians. I mm-hmm. feel like those mm-hmm. those true Mandalorians that you see in Clone Wars with Death Watch and those people that lived on Car- uh, Concord Dawn are definitely her followers. But you got those those pacifist Mandos who, you know, followed Satine and stuff like that. You either like Bo-Katan or you don't if you're a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's, no, there's no gray area, at least the way I see it. But at least you can... Like you can't argue that she is Mandalorian. Like you oh, have no. all these, yeah, of course. You have all these other creeds and all these other groups that argue, oh, you're not a real Mandalorian because you you take your helmet off, that right. kind of a thing. Or like you're you're not a real Mandalorian because you're just a pacifist. You're like, well, no. Like everybody recognizes Bo-Katan. Like she is, she is a Mandalorian. Mm. Like it's not even up for debate. Yeah. If there's anyone who's worthy of the throne, it's it's her, and Dindran is in her way. What I'm what I'm a little worried about when it comes to Bo-Katan is I think she's worthy of it now, but I do think that she might be the kind of character to do something for the right reason but the wrong way. Mm. And if she starts doing things like that, you know, I mean, the, her love for Mandalore and her people is fierce. Like mm-hmm. she loves Mandalore and will, you know, very obviously lay down her life for it. I mean, she's she's fought in countless wars and and even against uh you know her own people that maybe she respected maybe she didn't i don't know her whole past with gar saxon and uh purple haired lady that worked with them all what's her name again rook rook that's right um i don't know how i know she doesn't like him in clone wars but i don't know if they had a past before that that'd be interesting to see but uh i don't know her story could easily become a tragedy oh yeah easily for sure yeah I, I just i'm a little i really like bogaton she's somewhere in my top 20 for sure She's just really good character, but I, I don't want to see her kind of like maybe fall to the darkness a little bit and just kind of get... She gets so bent on accomplishing her goal that she kind of creates enemies within her own people. Right. I'm a little worried with her. I'm a little worried about it when it comes to her thinking that she is the right ruler for Mandalore. Mm-hmm. Because if... I mean, what if... What if we see a little bit more from Den? The thing that the thing that holds me back from Den, I feel like Den might be a better person than Bo-Katan. I feel like he's done a little bit less to to agitate and and he's a little bit more of a people pleaser, I think. But and and maybe it could be a better I wouldn't say people. I wouldn't say people pleaser, but he just he has his way of doing things and he doesn't care about the bigger picture. Like he was so quick to just say, "Look, just take the dark saber for crying out loud." Yeah, and that's that's what I was about to say is like he doesn't he doesn't care what happens to Mandalore anymore. Mm-hmm. And his mind is gone. He mm-hmm. cares about Grogu and... He, yeah, that's it. He cares about Grogu. He said that in this episode. He's his mm-hmm. only priority, right? Mm-hmm. And He that, even said he would dedicate himself to helping Bo-Katan restore Mandalore if it meant she helped him get Grogu back. Right. 
You he know? does not care about Mandalore, and that's the kind of that's the thing that holds me back from saying that he would be a better leader. It's just because he just doesn't care. He just doesn't care. He cares about you know what things hold for him in the future and his son Grogu. And I don't know, but I feel like I feel like maybe in this third season, you know, if they travel back to to Mandalore, Din could show a little bit more interest in restoring his home, you know, where his people are from. I do feel like he's the kind of kind of grandpa in a museum to stop and read every label and really appreciate that history. So, I think if he returned to Mandalore, you know, that that might happen, but I don't know. Bo-Katan, you got you got some some things you need to clear up and you need to make sure that you don't lose sight of not what's in I can't think of how to word it. She can't lose sight of the little things in pursuit of the bigger things. Right. There you go. You know, she she wants she wants the throne, but she also needs people to follow her mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Right. And if she turns those people against her, what does she have? Nothing. And uh, and that's Nothing. the dark side for you. That's yeah, the dark side for yeah, you. Yeah, it is. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, season two ended with a massive splintering effect. You know, Din doesn't... Know. Let's talk about Gideon for a second. Oh, well, that's true. Because uh, he's still alive, and I was listening to Den of Nerds, another plug, but I was listening... You guys really should listen to him. He's one of my favorite YouTubers. But uh, he was talking about how he thinks that Thrawn will be the one to kill Gideon. And if Thrawn ends up showing up in Mando for a bit, I'm not. I don't think he'll be the main villain of season three. I think that they're gonna save that for Ahsoka stuff. But, um, I mean, that makes sense in my head. I I either see Bo-Katan killing Gideon or I see Thrawn killing Gideon. You know who I see killing Gideon? Who? Snoke. Woo! <laughs> Voice crack. Let me try that again. Snoke killing Gideon. I think Snoke's either Snoke or the Emperor himself. And I thought about the, that you actually reminded me of this theory that I had way back in season one because you have this, you have this guy who is just so determined to restore the Empire, to bring it back, to bring it back to its former glory. Well, that's not part of the Emperor's plan. Mm. When the Empire fell... He had a contingency plan. I can't. I can't say words right now. He had backup plans for that, like to just end the empire, but you know, destroy what you know, Project Cinder, destroying all the other planet systems, like just wiping out civilizations. Because it was because they failed him. He didn't. Right. He didn't want a past failed empire part of his his first order. He didn't want that. So now you have this guy who's trying to bring it back. He's unintentionally going outside of the emperor's will. So That's my theory. my theory is is when Snoke, which I I believe without a shadow of a doubt, Snoke will make an appearance on Mandalorian at some point. It will happen. Hmm. Uh, I mean, we've already seen failed clones of him, but we're going to see Snoke again and when he does, he's going to kill Gideon because he's acting outside of Sidious's will. Hmm. Unintentionally. Yeah. He's going to show up to him like like Darth Maul did when Sidious arrived in the Clone Wars. He's like, you know, I've done all of this for you and to, you know, to 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 be at your side, to be your, your right-hand man and then Sidious is going to be like, no. You have been replaced. Have mercy. Please. Ay ay ay. There's so many ways season 3 can go. It really is. It's it's really difficult to wrap my head around. Like mm-hmm. I, I just I kind of want to just. I'm glad we're doing a podcast on on some fresh takes, but I might want to come back to this topic when we're getting more excited for season three and mm-hmm. just having that sit for a couple months. You know, just kind of just letting it settle in. When when Finnick Shan shows up in in Bad Batch, we can talk about it some more. Yeah. We need to when when Bad Batch comes out. We need to do a, a weekly mm-hmm. podcast on the episode, mm-hmm. a little after show kind of thing. And if I'm going to be completely honest, I was not. I was looking forward to Bad Batch, but when we watched their their arc in season seven, I wasn't too impressed. Uh, I, I I liked them. They had charisma and they were fun, 
But uh, that was about when it. I when I heard that there was a, I thought they were a good Clone Wars arc. Mm-hmm. When I heard that there was there was a show coming out about them, I was like, really? Mm-hmm. You know, you pick you pick Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. They were in four episodes of the entire thing, but it'd be like making a a, a spinoff show about. About uh, Zat, Petro, Gnodi, and all the little younglings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the same. I mean, like, yeah. they're cool, but I wasn't... Why a show? And and what I, I'm way more excited for it now that we have a trailer, because we can we can see what it what that show is going to kind of entail. And with it being... Yeah, know, after the trailer, I was, I was excited for Bad Batch. Yeah. I am all for it. After Revenge of the Sith... That's that's gonna be awesome. I mean, that's it's yeah. gonna be awesome. Post Order sixty six. Yeah, I, I want to see. I want to see the Bad Batch hunting down Jedi, and I and I really, I really want uh, Quinlan Vos and Asajj Ventress mm. to become uh, consistent faces in that show. How many seasons is it gonna be? Uh, I, I have no idea. Hmm. Um, I don't think that the Bad Batch is gonna be working for the Empire. Yeah, there's some there are some sketchy shots in the trailer where kind they of, it looked like they were going against clones. Yeah. Uh, my theory is since they're since they're almost mutants, they're, they they remind me of Ninja Turtles. Uh, but <laughs> if <laughs> since they're almost mutants and, and like these these offshoot clones that are just not regs, not regs, then uh, I don't know if their inhibitor chip would work. I don't. Yeah, I just. I don't know. I don't know. I got a feeling that they're gonna be kind of against everyone here. I, I don't I don't think that they're going to be on, on Palpatine's side at all. Maybe in the beginning. I mean, you see Tarkin kind of talking to them, but I I don't know. They just seem different to me, and to kind of have them fall into the same slot as every other clone, all the other regs, it'd be weird. That I feel like that's almost kind of a wasted opportunity. Since they're mm-hmm. unique clones, I, I would like to see something unique happen with their story. But I do remember when that arc came out, there were a lot of people that were, uh, and actually I do think there's a couple of people in that roster, the Bad Batch at least, um, that actually end up being stormtroopers. And we see we see a team of stormtroopers. Yeah, Scar Squadron. Scar, yeah, like there's there's a few faces, or at least from what from the armor standpoint, yeah. there's people that look almost just like members of the Bad Batch. Yeah, there's a sniper who looks a lot... I mean, you can't really say it looks a lot like him because you never see the helmet taken off of him, but you do... They look like Imperial like it was Like it was planned. There's a, there's, yeah, it does look planned. There's a, there's a big guy who looks like the same size as Wrecker compared to the rest of the group and some Stormtrooper. I mean, I, that's what I thought. When, when, when Clone Wars Season 7 was coming out, you know, way back in May, April and May... Uh, I was thinking, oh shoot, those guys are going to be Scar Squadron in those Star Wars comics. But I'm kind of thinking that maybe some of them might. Mm-hmm. What, ooh, what would be interesting is if the group kind of divides. Mm. That'd be interesting. Kind of see like them pinned against each other. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't know why they would design characters so similar to the Bad Batch for the Empire if it's not the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe like the Bad Batch... Like post Order sixty six, it just it kind of becomes almost this uh, this creed within the Empire, where it's like you're either in or you're out. You know, you you'll be you'll be uh, enlisted into the Bad Batch or the Scar Squadron, and if you don't match up, then you're out. And mm-hmm. kind of kind of a situation. Maybe. So. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, I'm interested. I uh, I'm really excited to see Fennec. At first, I was like, eh, she's kind of a lame side character in Season 1, but she's becoming one of my favorite bounty hunters easily in Season 2. She's she's awesome, and I can't wait to see more of her, especially in some Clone Wars animation. It's going to be it's gonna be rad, and uh, I'm pumped. Mutant Bad Batch Ninja Troopers. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that show, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> Cloners in a half shell. <laughs> Pocketbook. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> oh man! Depends on what decks. Ah yeah yeah, it's gonna be good though. Can't wait. Next year's gonna be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, beyond that, I'm excited for Bad Batch. I'm excited to to play Yaddle in the uh, 
in the uh, Lego Star Wars game. You know, oh, I'm gonna, man. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be Yaddle the, the whole time, whole time, <laughs> the entire time. Not Kit Fisto. You know, you not down for a good fisting? Uh, <laughs> you, you know, I be all the time, but uh, you, you, you know, we didn't have Yaddle in the in the original game, and mm. and now I feel like I'm I've been denied my whole childhood. I will not be denied. Another plug for Star Wars theory. <laughs> we love you, buddy. <laughs> Freaking jerk. <laughs> no, seriously, we love you. You're our favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're our favorite. Um, what, what was I gonna say? You know what I think is gonna happen? I'm gonna get Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. You're gonna come over. You're gonna be so pumped to play Yaddle. You're gonna play her once, and then I'm gonna unlock Kit Fisto, and you're gonna play Kit Fisto for the rest of the game. He 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 knows how it is. <laughs> you know how I be. That's exactly I, how it's going. To I go. can't resist a good fisting. Mm mm. I want I want a shirtless Kit Fisto from the old uh, 2D cartoon. Honestly, that is not far out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. I think at least there's gonna be over 500 characters in the game. And at least in the Force Awakens one, there were different versions of that character. Like there was like five different versions of Kylo Ren, and it was just the Force Awakens one. So you only had like helmeted, unhelmeted, unhelmeted with cape, helmeted with cape, and then I think that was it. So there was four. Kifisto with shirt, Kifisto without shirt, right. Kifisto without shirt but with hoodie, Kifisto without with... pants. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> One too many tentacles. <laughs> Kit Fisto with the two tentacles forward in front of his chest mm. and the one with only one tentacle in front of his chest. Kit Fisto with sharp teeth and Ooh. human teeth. Mm. You know what's... Kit Fisto with a mix. Half human teeth, half sharp teeth. One for biting meat, other for chewing vegetables. But like the sharp teeth are only Balanced on the diet. right side of his jaw and yes. then all the straight teeth are on it. So he right. has to like eat like a cow. So that means he can eat broccoli and steak at the same time. Wow. What a dog. Man, I wish I was him now. <laughs> you know, I have a little... I, I spoke about this briefly in the first episode, but I have this little shelf where I have just a bunch of little uh, Kit Fisto action figures. I've got everything from Black Series to Play School to the to this little Burger King toy that came that came out when <laughs> Revenge of the Sith was coming out. He's really funny looking. <laughs> and, uh, and you know what the most consistent part about Kit Fisto is? It's the fact that, like, literally nobody knows just how many tentacles he actually has. Like, some people, like, like for some figures, it's it's 12. Others, it's it's just 10. And then others, it's, like, 14, 16 head tails. And, uh, and uh, yeah, he's kind of unpredictable. This one has 13, the little Burger King toy. He's like a little magic eight ball, and you look up his butt to see what the wisdom is. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. <laughs> I hate it when people do it to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no wisdom in there. It's in my head. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty, you got a good little, my favorite's the Black Series figure. Oh, yeah. The Black Series Kit Fisto is, is great. Really good looking. Yeah. I love how they combined uh, the Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith look. Like, there, it's not, you can't really say what his face actually comes from. Like, he has a very distinct look in episode two and episode three. Like, they're two very different looks. Mm -hmm. But the Black Series figure, they just kind of combine best of both worlds. So, I like him a lot. All right, well, I think it's time we end this episode because we are not talking about Mando no, anymore. No, no, we are not. <laughs> it's all about the Fisto, man. Kid Fisto in the Mandalorian. Yes. Mm. Mm. Just a severed head. Tasty. Severed head, like in the book. <laughs> I bet a fried Kit Fisto does taste really good. Like fried calamari? I feel I feel like it's a mix of fish and chicken. Hmm. Fishkin. Fishkin. Yeah. Skakin? Not to be confused with fish skin. How about chickish? I like that better. Chish. Chish. Chiss? <gasps> oh my god. It's all connected. <laughs> it's all connected. <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, that'll be another episode. We have spoken. Return next week. Bye. <laughs>